do have baddies. This is Jeannie. And this is Daniel. And this is a Panay podcast to magically disappoint our parents. What's up? Hello, love. Gosh, it's been, I know we say this all the time, but it's really been a while um, recording. Um, it's just the two of us uh, today uh, trying to honor any internet connectivity problems with our friends or just life in general, right, Daniel? True. Truly, truly. Um, you know, this is a podcast that doesn't, that doesn't guilt its other hosts to be here, so we honor time off very greatly. Um, let's check in. How okay. are you doing? Um, you know, doing great. Um, the political climate nowadays is uh, real crazy. Yeah, it's um, a lot. Heavy, heavy. It's, it's very heavy, and it, it really, truly makes me worried about the future of our country. And right. in, in connection to that, like the future of the people in our country. Um, right. And then also, like as per last episode, um, I think I shared it. My boyfriend now is living with me. Um, wow. The fish. Um, so, but it's like a, a weird adjustment period for me. Um, because yeah. like I'm so used to doing things on my own and doing like my own stuff. Um, but then now like his stuff's here his activities are it's here. real it's, it's real yeah. right? <laughs> um so i'm like looking at my notes too so i like i i feel like you know you read a lot of these articles saying like oh um have you gotten into a routine like do you feel mm. like you need a spark in your relationship and i was like <laughs> i started getting kind of like self-conscious about that yeah um, and we had this conversation about uh routine last night because I felt like things were starting to become very routine like we wake up um we go off to work we come home um or he comes home because I teach from home um and like I like I I cook dinner and then we watch a movie yeah we just talk for a little bit like on the balcony and then we go to to sleep and then the cycle repeats um so I was I was just like are we get are we do we need that spark like do Mm. like are we getting into a routine um, so we had a conversation and I kind of, I kind of reached a level of clarity because um, he told me, so Cody told me that routine is his thing because it keeps him sane and stable. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I never really, I never really thought about that. Mm-hmm. But like, I thought it was a lull, but that's just how he is. So then Hi. I, like, I've come to accept that and I've come to accept like myself or being kind of like neurotic about like all these things mm-hmm. but then I just remind myself this is normal and it's mature yeah it's I mean I I think you're making me real nostalgic about the first time I you know started living with Koi and mm-hmm. just the joy of waking up to that next to that person is just so like I don't know it's a certain kind of freedom that just feels very liberating especially in our Filipino culture where yeah. it's like you gotta wait till marriage to like be in that kind of intimate space yeah Yeah. so um I am super happy for you and I I think that I don't know it just I think there is a still a little to me as like someone who's been in a very long like relationship I think that there's still that beautiful sense of freshness of like yay we get to be home and I don't know I'm just super happy for you and I yeah it's been a month and so in that whole time I'm thinking about you moving in and furniture and putting things away it's right. just really stressing me out just thinking about literally it. putting <laughs> things away 
the unboxing and being like, why did I keep these? Or do you need, what is the, what's the story behind these objects? You know, so. Uh, right. Yeah, it's a huge step. It's a huge step, but uh, it's, a, it's a good step. You know, like another, you know, queer uh, couple friends of mine who've been kind of in the closet for quite some time, just never got to be together until, you know, they finally were like, okay, family, we're really out. Like, we're going to be together. And they wake up every day just so happy that <sighs> they get to wake up together. So wake nice. up together. Joy. Joy. We need more joy in, uh, in, in our life and our world. Um, let's go to you, Jean. How are you doing, girl? Oh, man. Like, I have spent, of course, <laughs> I feel like I, I'm so much of an older person, but I like talking about the visibility of, like, health consciousness in terms of, like, blood pressure and stress and being a statistic as a Filipino American. And so I've been really working on my blood pressure at a shitty doctor's appointment. Mm. Like, she's just like, here, take some meds. And I was just like, man, it was just an off day. You know, when I see a white coat, I go, oh, I go real anxious. Like, I'm an anxious person. And so I am really determined to lower it um, in a holistic way of, like, just, I know there's probably medical people listening to this and be like, <laughs> fucking gene, just take the fucking pills, you know, which was my parents for a little bit until my mom had faith in me. Um, but, yeah, it was like, okay, what, what, what would life look like if I just lowered my salt and shit, you know, trying to meditate, fucking de-stress. Because I feel like just being in um, Filipino households or just the compoundedness of my culture is like this heavy rain cloud of like, hey, uh-huh. hey, you better be busy or doing something or saving someone or, you know, so I was just like, how do I clear that air? And so, yeah, it has been right before this um, recording today, I made banana muffins uh, just with whatever scrap shit was there, you know, and I was just kind of like, Okay, I mean, like, when I talk about, like, no salt in my life, I'm not trying to, like, starve myself. I'm, t- I'm, like, talking about, like, hey, man, like, how do I really just use the shit that's in my kitchen? Right. <laughs> um, because let's be honest, like, I'm a really busy person I, uh, well, who takes very little care of themselves. And so, like, I, I would eat out all the time. Like, you know, I just, like, not think of my – I really don't think of myself. I probably like on a daily basis as a growing Catholic, I'm a, I love being a martyr, like, you know, and it's not, oh it's not the, best, <laughs> the best shit in the world. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, that's kind of where I am. And I'm really happy. I don't know if you can tell, I'm, I'm personally happy because I'm like finally taking care of myself. I probably have had like high blood pressure since I was 10 years old. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I just don't know, no awareness. But yeah, thanks for asking, Daniel. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, Joy is like, Joy in 2020, right? So we're talking about like election for a little bit and it can be very hefty and like there might be not hope, but you know, I've been seeing some Insta stories about educators like yourself who are like, you know, look at, look at these student leaders in my, in my cohort who are doing things, who are still trying to aim for something like as the leadership that they hope they see, right? And so I just feel like I'm learning a lot from young people, younger than me, but um, that there's still a level of kindness that can exist is like, you know, educators continue to do what they do and um, instill hope and mm-hmm. other rhetoric rather than hate speech and whatnot on yes, media. Yes. And, you know, you've detoxed yourself from social media. I'm always oh, dancing one, one foot in one foot. <laughs> my blood pressure just goes up and down because of social media. It's a fact. Right, right. Um, and I think, like, there's one, I want to talk about, like, one point that you, um, you brought up about this idea of, like, hope like fueling people. I think what um, another fuel that you could think about is like joy. So yeah. joy in 2021, we're almost there. 
we are almost there. We're almost um, there. I believe it. Like I, you know, we always say like, it takes a bastard to get me down. I think the same thing for people who intend good for the world. So yeah. So it's also Filipino History Month. We know yes. that a lot of our podcast peers are doing, you know, things and tributes to his, history. So, but here we are uh, in today's episode uh, talking about like here now, um, which has its own compounded effect through history. But um, today's right. episode is about white partners. White partners. Um, we are both involved in um, <laughs> with the white people, oh, just with white people. <laughs> but um, just as uh, FYI, as we're heading into this episode, um, yeah, well, there might be some content warnings or, um, uh, or surrounding ideas of violence. So just a mm-hmm. heads up there. Mm-hmm. Yourself. All right, Daniel, take it away. Of course. Um, before we get started, too, like I think I, I think I owe it to the um, to our listeners um, to explain that like I'm the person who like thought about like these questions, and it was mm-hmm. really difficult for me to think about um, these questions and center like our Filipino identity. Right. Um, right. So like some of like some of these questions, I was just like having trouble with. But I hope that these questions um, help you, our listeners, navigate through, like, your own relationships, whether it's, like, interracial or not, um, and help us as, like, a host to kind of, like, dig deep and excavate our own, um, like, relationships with our race in context of our interracial relationships. Um, Right. So let's get started. Gina, are you ready? I am. Yeah, I am. I am. Okay. Um, So... The first question that I have is, what makes your relationship work for you? Okay, um, that, that is a very important question. So um, <laughs> I like to start this with the relationship with myself. Was, mm. It's pretty shitty, <laughs> as we can tell in the check-in. Um, it's an on and off, I have an on and off again relationship with myself um, before I ever got with my um, husband, Koi. Um, I have grown up in Guam, if you haven't known, and I am... Have, and will always identify as a plus size Filipino, Filipina. And so um, that's operating outside the beauty norm. And Daniel, too, can also probably attest to also being outside the beauty norm. And so you don't really get a lot of people who are interested in somebody who does not fit um, being heavy and brown. And um, just in a lot of ways, I mean, I can, I can recall every time I've ever told another Filipino boy or tomorrow boy um, uh, in Guam that I liked him and just was like, you're fucking ridiculous, right? Like, I would never be seen with someone like you. So I was just at a point when I was in college that um, when I was getting to know Koi as a friend, like I, I was just like, there's still nobody gonna like me. I guess I'll hang out this guy, you know? I mean, not as friends too. He used to tutor me in math, he was my brother's roommate and whatnot. But um, I think what makes my relationship work with Koi is he's never seen me as a plus size person. He's always seen me as a person. Uh, when my brother told he's an English major, so he, uh, my brother shared Ooh, English major. <laughs> for um, He, my brother shared my poetry blog, and I, nobody reads that shit. Come on, I was like real emo, you know. And Koi read it, and he read he like he like actually had feedback to say. He he always came to every interaction with us with without a in a window it, like it was always like friend first friend based and like um, I always remember and even now like even now with like my 
health sideways and my my nuances all the time like he's able to see me at my core of like Mm -hmm. and how I adapted my beliefs and um, my ever-changing identity to loving and loathing myself so um, that's what really works to me and Koi how about you Daniel I think like the very first thing that you said about like have like uh cultivating a relationship with yourself that like truly just like resonated with me and I feel like I went into like a different plane and I'm like Mm. that is so true um so like as as you listeners know my relationship or my history in relationships or with relationships have just been like a mess truly a mess there's usually like an obstacle whether it's like geographic um shout out to Seattle boy hello um geographic or like communication like maturity um unrequited emotions there's always Mm. that like there's always that obstacle that I feel like I'm responsible for and I should take the blame for it which is like not good at all like for like my own mental welfare right Um, but when I met um Cody things were just easy yeah um and it was like it was strange too because I was just like, why is this go? What, why is this going so well? Like it was uh-huh. seamless. It was, it felt good. Um, I mean, initially we were like very like, flirtatious, blah blah yeah. blah, all that stuff. But then all like everything just felt good. Um, and now that like I've known him for a while now, like these are things that I know about um, about Cody. Like he's very communicative. He's very eloquent and he's level-headed, which uh-huh. is the direct opposite of me. Like I am, right. like I, um, like I keep a, a lot of things to myself sometimes as like a true cancer um, because mm. I absorb emotions. And then um, even if like they're not supposed to be my emotions, I absorb them. And sometimes I overthink things and I keep things to myself sometimes to like the very last moment. And that's like right. super destructive or self-destructive. Um, I jumble up my words a lot. Mm. Um, my mind goes like so fast, like completely neurotic. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the thing is about Cody is that like he's super patient, super patient with me. And he's just like, this is you and this is me. Um, right. We are like 100% of ourselves that, like, that came together. Right. Um, and it's just like, it feels good that there's a person out there who is kind of like similar to you and Koi, like it's just like accepting of like a hundred percent of who Mm -hmm. you are. Um, um, There's one thing that um, he continues to tell me like, is that like he wants to grow, but also he wants to grow with me. Right. Emphasis on the word with. Yeah, that's huge. And I'm like, what the fuck yeah like this is this feels good i find joy in in my relationship um and i feel comfortable and i think that's like the most important thing in a relationship that works i want to go back to that patience point um you know having i never realized how volatile like my my relationship with men was like, you know, I thought as the way that I grew up and saw men, relatives, male relatives yell all the time, Mm -hmm. 
kind of talked down and when I thought that was almost normal. And so when Koi talks softly and or gently or directly, like it is, um, it's, it's, it's so, it was so foreign to me because I had adopted the volatileness of like, um, that kind of masculinity that exists in mm -hmm. some Filipino men. And so that was my defense mechanism is like, oh, I'm ready to fucking yell back, you know? And, and so like, um, I didn't even realize that, that that was like something I was kind of letting go of and getting to know Koi, you know? Mm -hmm. um, that communication style was, is very foreign or weird to me. Um, right. But not now, I think I, I think I like have adapted that. But, Speaking of communication, right? So um, how do you navigate um, conversations about race within your communication with your white partner? Um, so this is difficult for me to answer, mm -hmm. albeit difficult for me to create the question. <laughs> um, um, so uh, my boyfriend is from like the South mm -hmm. and like small community in, um, in Southern United States. And that like, scared me a little bit because I'm just like, I know that there's a lot of like racism that happens in, in like the South. Mm -hmm. And my, my partner's like extremely white. Right. Like I, I joke, joke about it all the time with him. Like he's corn fed, um, like in the forest, has a farm, white. Um, mm -hmm. So I was very scared about like being in a relationship <laughs> with him, but I mean, again, like, he's very communicative. Um, so, like, we talk a lot. Um, sometimes it's just, like, stupid things. Sometimes it's, like, he's not afraid to talk and have, like, a deep conversation. Mm -hmm. um, so, but, and he keeps, like, surprising me whenever we have these, like, conversations. Like, he follows um, and supports Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. um, he's up to date with, um, like, the politics. Um, he asks me about like the Filipino perspective of like what's happening in the, in politics and mm -hmm. like what's happening in the world, like regarding Filipinos. Like he keeps up to date, like with news. He didn't watch the debate because it stresses him out. And I'm like, good for you. That's like, fair. Like good for you, dude. So then like I watched the debate, but then wow. after the debate, he read everything in the span of like me watching the debate. So then we had an actual conversation about it. Um, and one thing that he like he truly talks about too is that like he wants to get I mean we want to get the president out right now mm -hmm. um and he like converses with me about like the changes that he wants to see in um in like or like for marginalized communities um as he reflects on his experience growing up in Arkansas so now it's just like oh my god who is this man right um so like it makes me feel good that like that my partner is informed, my partner mm -hmm. is um, clear in his like um, in his beliefs, mm -hmm. and takes action on it. So, yeah. um, talking about like race too, um, we so like I guess like just Fili being Filipino. Um, yeah. I could tell you like truthfully that we haven't really like talked a lot about my Filipino-ness, mm. but we talked a lot about um, the um, racial climate of the United States. Mm. So that tells me that 
um, if I talk about him, about my Filipino-ness, that he will be open to listen um, to that conversation. Right. It sounds to me that Cody is um, living within this saying um, to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And um, that is not an easy task for anyone, mm -hmm. um, especially when Arkansas is the norm, um, Ely, Nevada is the norm, right? Um, the first Filipino that Koi ever met was my brother. And so um, <laughs> it's a lot, it's a lot. Right. Um, but, you know, to step up and have conversations that could potentially turn you off um, he, he feels safe and trusts to try to disseminate things in these difficult conversations, which, um, happens a lot over a, a, a plethora of topics, right? It could be just mm -hmm. like, what's your favorite sexual position? Like, you know, anything, anything can set off a breakup. Um, but yeah, Cody, Cody is trying to be more than where he grew up and yeah, kudos for that. Right. Um, and I'm like, I'm. That's great. Extremely grateful. What about you, Jean? How do you navigate conversations about race with Koi? Um, you know, it is tough as fuck, right? Like, it is, it's really tough because, you know, Koi isn't just white, he's biracial, and he's always been living in between his Mexicanness and being white Mormon, you know? And so when I was always like, you don't fucking understand what it's like to be brown, you know? He's just like, you kind of also disregard that I'm also, you know, of Mexican heritage, right? So, you know, checked me sometimes as I checked him. And so, um, but it, it has been really fucking difficult. Um, and it's gotten easy over the years just because we as like you and um, Cody, we're trying to navigate conversations, but we're compounded by family. Um, you know, there's a certain expectation of how I'm supposed to be as, um, you know, from his Mexican mother or his Mormon family, like, you know, homemaker, get up by nine. But there's also just small things that I just don't, that aren't in, within my realm of understanding. So if I were to put my shoes in Cody, right, Guam is all I ever knew. So when someone gives me a baked potato, I'm like, what the fuck do I do with this? Like, do I just eat it? Like, and that's like, and it's so small, but it's like, what the fuck do I do with it? When someone gave me a stocking stuff, I'm like, why are you putting shit in a sock? Like, I don't right. want to know. <laughs> so, you know, um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's those things too. And some of them, some of them, I said, really small or some of them can be really large, go to dinner parties and I won't be addressed or I won't be, uh, or I'll be suspected for eating mm. dog or something. And that's, you know, and that's a constant thing that always comes up in interracial relationships. But um, Koi has done his best to uh, intervene in a way where it's like, you don't get to treat uh, this human that I love this way, right? I mean, he doesn't know, mm -hmm. he, you know, I take agency in defending myself and sometimes he's like, oh shit, like, you know, like, it's almost, my, my wrath is way worse than Koi. So like, if you get good, you know, good Koi, then, you know, you don't want to deal with me. But anyway, besides the point is that dealing with it was really tough because um, the enjoying part of just falling in love with another human being um, was difficult because of the amount of ostracized from my own family. Mm. Um, Koi was seen as, I don't know what between in what my family saw, whether he was poor Mexican or poor white or just a compounded of poor, but um, mm -hmm. they did not accept him. You know, they beat the shit out of me to, um, mm. for being with him. You know, they really didn't want me to be with him. And so I worked really hard to be, to, you know, to be together. Uh, like I lived in a motel 
you know, was on the street, um, swept up my jobs floor and stuff. And because I really, it was really tough. And so when people tell me like, y'all are the ideal relationship or y'all like really got together, like we have had a huge amount of um, impoverished experiences together. Um, and despite all odds, like we, we, we survived them, you know? Um, and, you know, my, my family really like kind of, and I get it, I get, I get where it probably stems from, you know, having been, Philippines was the entire norm and seeing how um, women sometimes are exchanged in, you know, uh, male order bride or whatever, there's like negative connotations to that kind of um, relationship. So they looked at me like, oh, like what the fuck's happening here? So it's a situation they didn't understand. And I'm not trying to justify it because the amount of violence I experienced three times getting kicked out of my house was not good. And mm-hmm. um, but it was, that is a that is a race relationship race relation conversation I constantly have at court is like, am I not a good Filipino daughter? Like what's fucking happening? I'm getting good grades or whatever. Um, but anyway, sorry. <clears throat> what I meant to say is that um, despite it all, like Koi still found ways for us to find kindness with each other and having mm-hmm. conversations it's like look we're not our parents we don't have to be malicious or um all this stuff and his his side of the family has really like or especially shout out to his uh, Mexican side of his family who really like absorbed me and like were like you know invite me during the holidays when my family wouldn't have me over for the holidays and like you know um yeah it's They've, Koi's side has been really welcoming, and I hope that you've experienced that too um, with Cody, but it was, it was tough. Um, my wedding was a huge emotional mess. It was like everyone's confessional of being apologetic to how they thought we wouldn't make it, and we made it. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it was, it's been a hard-ass journey. Mm-hmm. I guess like, so one thing that um, I'm also now reflecting on too is mm-hmm. that um, you've been with Koi for a long time whereas whereas me and Cody have just been together for for just months mm-hmm. um so I guess like the dynamic of of how like your experiences um regarding your families about your interracial um inter uh, interracial relationship like we're on like different parts of our journey yeah we are um, and I just want to let you know, Jean, that like you have people that support you, um, right. people that love you, and most importantly, you have Koi. <laughs> right. I think that's why when I when I hear you talk about Cody like you did in the beginning, I I feel so much joy that you can get immediate joy. You know what I mean? Like that means the world to me. You know, my friends finally got to be together. who are clear, like. You know, that's why I can feel it. I can feel that joy because mm-hmm. there's nothing like that, you know? Um, so, um, yeah, I just hope it's always immediate for people. Or, but, you know, in some cases it's not, you know? Um, sometimes it's really potent, the mm-hmm. uh, racial hate and stuff. So, yeah. Right. Um, so one of the things that um, you talked about, too, is that um, your relationship has kind of made you think about your own race Mm. um so um the next question is what does your interracial relationship say about your relationship with your own race of being filipino um you know i i love 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 being filipino 
um, because in a lot of ways I've accepted different nuances with it. But for a long time, I really felt like Filipinos don't like me. You know, I'm a loud, thick ass woman. I um, I don't do traditional Filipino role, roles of like cooking or cleaning or being, you know, super spiritual, you know, so I always follow the line. I'm always corrected, uh, okay. you know, and so, yeah, there's been a great deal of time that I, I just never thought any friends or a significant other could ever love me that way. Um, I mean, I have been involved in Filipino community activism a long time. I always get kicked to the curb because I'm always too much. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's been, it really sucks because it's like, it's like an unrequited love, like, please just love me back, you know? Right. Um, so that's why I'm always thankful for BB because, or Bruja Baddies, because it's like, no, wait, like, there is still room for people in my culture to love me and to accept me because they too are also um, marginalized within their own. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I think, I, I guess I never realized that there are some parts of this culture that I love so much that have been very abusive to me. Um, like it's something I wouldn't admit right like sometimes you know we're always told especially connecting with the Catholic faith to forgive to forgive to forget and stuff and like there's there's still trauma that I I can't get past like you know right. I I get real defensive real quick or set off really quick and I don't understand or like I have trouble sometimes just being affectionate and intimate because like I'm just like hardened by um years of you know, abusive culture that was very normal for me. So mm -hmm. that's what it says about me. What about you, Daniel? Um, so I guess like I said, so my answer would be two parts. Um, so the one part talks about like my race, my Filipino-ness. It makes me think about, um, and you brought this up too a little bit, um, that like the sociological quote, quote phenomenon or trend of like Filipinos going for like white folk. Right. Um, and like I asked myself if like, I am playing into the stereotype. You talked about how you broke away from, um, from like being the one who cooks and cleans, blah, 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 and all that stuff. Whereas for me, um, like I like doing those things. Um, a part of it I think has to do with the fact that like I grew up around my, um, my Lola and my mom and my titas and like all of them are like, like doing a lot of like housework. Mm. Um, so then I like I've become comfortable I've become accustomed to doing all those things um, and then like I think about like what I guess like Cody's role would be in the relationship um, like because I've already cooked for him like then he's just like chilling out and mm -hmm. I'm like but he knows how to cook too like mm -hmm, don't get me wrong mm -hmm. he knows how to cook he also cooks for me um, but then like I've been like I would just do a lot of like the cooking do like a lot of like the putting things away cleaning up the house I think it also has to do with the fact that like I am at home mm -hmm. um so there's a lot of things that may have been um like I guess like influencing like my thinking of like my upbringing and how it comes out as an adult right um, and like as an adult in like this interracial relationship um right. another like the second part of this answer for me is that like that level of being in a same sex relationship. Mm. Um, and I, 
have not talked to my mom and dad enough about being in a relationship with Cody. I mean, they mm. know that I'm with Cody. Um, and by parents, I mean my mom. Right. And I haven't talked to my dad about this yet because I truly am not sure how he's going to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, like, we still have, like, these conversations that, like, it's okay for me to be gay, but then mm-hmm. the caveat is that, like, I can't act upon it. And I'm like, what right. the hell does that mean? Um, and growing up in a, like, very Christian household, like, I mean, I've been told that, like, no, you can't be gay. And I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> well, too bad. Like, this is who I am. <laughs> um, so, like, I can't get myself to talk to my dad about it. And I'm sure my mom has told my dad about it, right. about, like, me and Cody being together and living together now. Mm. Um, and whenever I talk to my mom, um, I mean, the majority of the time we just talk about my cat. But, mm-hmm. um, but like, I would bring up, like, I would personally just be like, oh, Cody made um, salmon teriyaki yesterday and was really good. And she'll be like, okay. And I'll be like, oh, Cody's brought his, like, his stuff in. Like, we're moving, like, we live together now. Right. And she goes, okay, that's good. So I'm like, I can't gauge what, right. what she's like doing. Right. You're doing little pulses of, like, how, right. how, how, how are you reacting? Yeah. So I, like, I don't, I don't know. Um, and in my, like, in my head, I just tell myself, I cannot gauge and I cannot, like, measure my own happiness um, using my parents' happiness. That's huge. That's huge. I wish I knew that when I met Koi. That is huge. Um, and it took me a while to, like, even get there, like, even outside of, like, my, my relationship, like, just as a single boy um, going through, like, you know, like, the world. Um, right. Like, I just, like, I told myself, like, it doesn't matter if my mom and dad are happy it matters if I'm happy. And if they're not happy, they better be proud. Yeah. <clears throat> I want to stay there like uh, with that, with that sentiment, because that's really radical, right? Like we, you know, we've talked about it many times on the show, we kind of like live and breathe the parent legacies and mm-hmm. um, expectations. And so uh, to kind of even break off just a little bit to feel that content, that con- sense of content that you take ownership of is huge. It's right. huge. And and I think, too, that, like, I mean, thinking about how Filipinos are, like, very community-oriented, very Mm -hmm. family-oriented, but even then, in, like, this new Filipino identity, right, um, Mm neo-Filipino, like, being being oriented to your family means that you're okay with whatever your family's doing. Yeah. That, like... I might be gay and my parents might not be like okay with it completely, but mm-hmm. bruh, your son's happy. You should right. be too. Um, that, yeah, I, cause you know, the whole sense of, uh, what's it called? Repressing this dissatisfaction is just fuel for gossip between um, different relatives and, right. and whatnot. And so to say like, yeah, stay, this, this feeling is mine. It stays here. Like, that's just, that's just kind of diffusing. And, you know, people can be, can put out that energy, gossip energy of like, well, you know, who they're with, and ah, you know, um, that's on them. They want to live in that energy and you don't like it.
Yeah, <laughs> honestly, <that's huge. laughs> if they want to swim in the drama and the toxicity, <laughs> they could drown in it too. <laughs> um yeah y'all heard it first so think about this the next time you uh start to have your fits uh talking shit honestly Uh, it's true it's true uh and i hope that we continue as we think about filipino history uh month like to undo certain parts of history that are really um trauma-inducing and um just inner intra-hate and whatnot so um I want to ask, what, what did we take away from this talk together, Daniel? Um, and I'm gonna steal a line that you, like you said earlier too. I feel like um, within like interracial relationships, I think it's also important and very, like very most crucial for you to be okay with yourself mm-hmm. um, and to have a, a relationship with yourself um, and to continue working on that relationship with yourself. Um, because I feel like being okay with like who you are is one of the biggest factors to the, the Kilig feeling that you have with your partner. Yes. Um, I think, you know, I'm going to stick with that point, right? Like if you're not happy and in love with yourself and look, and then you're looking for partners just by the, based off the color of their skin, because you're hoping to have, um, mixed babies who appear that way, that's really objectifying, um, and dehumanizing to right. anyone else outside of your own, or even just like, no, 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 I, I'll only um, date and and marry a white Filipino, you know, or or whatnot. That's that's self. Those are practices of self hate, and yeah, um, you're not going to find anyone if you're nitpicking because love is love is um ever changing and adaptability. And if you're just kind of like, if you set these like kind of like pillars of what a partner is supposed to be and look like, and then you, 10 years down the road or something, they have something chronic or have a health issue. You're just like, what are you going to do? Love them, fucking leave them? That's fucked up, you know? Um, but anyway, that was my little tirade. I, I think what I took <laughs> from this talk is that I, I want to continue um, being relationships like yours where um, you can liber- find liberation um, immediately. You know, I know that we talked about in a previous episode about well, people are like, the timeline is too short to be together. It's too mm-hmm. short. It's, there's, or there's expiration dates or expectations and timelines. And like, um, those people have nothing to do with you once you go into your home. Like, you know, um, and so I am thankful for, for years of people who in, in any um, skin fashion or uh, 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 other ethnicity who have taken the leap to love each other mm-hmm. in the face of all odds and um, animosity that exists because they are together. Um, so I, I just always, I wish it happiness to both of us, Daniel, in, this, in our relationships. Joy in 2020 and 2021 and forever. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I feel so good after talking to you about this because I guess it's not something I really had uh, in the beginning stages of my relationship. So I'm thankful for you, Daniel, and uh, your joy. I'm thankful for you too, Jean. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so we're going to close up here. Thank you, friends, for hearing us. We really uh, keenly. Uh, so this is Jean. And this is Daniel. Um, and we are a Panay podcast to magically disappoint our parents, 
and our partners. <laughs> bye bye. <Bye-bye. laughs>